0: أوزز بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وأزدنا علما نافيا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا إتباعه وارنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه رَبِّي شْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسْرْ لِأَمْرِي وَأَحْلُ الْعُقُدَةً مِّن لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediou Zaman Said Nursi podcast. This is Mustafa Tuna. Inshallah you can follow the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the thirteenth word. For those, uh, as as those who follow this podcast may remember, the thirteenth word is about the comparison of the wisdom of the Quran, the guidance, the 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 way that the Quran illuminates our lives and the wisdom or the way that philosophies, worldviews that are not guided by revelation offer. It has two sections. In the first section, Ustad-Nursi provides a uh, treatise, a beautiful, well-argued teaching about this matter. And then in the second section, he adds uh, his teachings from later on in life to the end of this treatise, because those sections manifest that difference that he he uh, detailed in the first section of the of the treatise in practical matters. What is the application of this lesson? Right. What is the how should the manifestation of this comparison between the wisdom of the Quran and wisdom of other worldviews and philosophies that are not guided by the Quran, how should that unfold in our lives? We talked about uh, its manifestation with regard to the youth. Uh, We read uh, three pieces about uh, prison inmates, right? If, If you are a prison inmate, how what should your attitude be how should you organize your life in there uh, with other prison inmates if this is uh, being figured out under the guidance of the quran so today we will read another section a completely different uh, subject but it points to The same matter, again, from another uh, point of view, the same matter from the point of view of what befalls us, us, the readers of the Risale-i-Nur. And one may ask, what is the connection? This is a treatise about the comparison between the Qur'an and and philosophy is not guided by revelation. Well, what is the Risale-i-Nur? The Inur is an exegesis, an interpretation of the Quran, a commentary on the Quran that is written with the most urgent issues of the times that we live in, in mind, and under consideration. So it is a servant of the Quran at this time. And if we are now engaging that servant of the Quran, if we are engaging that um you can't think of like official of the quran at this time what befalls us does this entail any uh responsibility are there any um things that we should try to do right this is a letter that ustad nursi at some point wrote to some of his uh, students and they were the direct addressees, of course, of what he wrote. He uh, he makes a specific specific uh, request there, but it behooves that we all read this as if it is written to ourselves, or listen to it as it written to ourselves, and think about what we can do in our lives in order to uh, increase our benefit from this beautiful beautiful and most pertinent uh, commentary of the Quran in our daily lives so let's read it so the uh, the letter was sent with this note that it was a matter that was inspired to start Nursi's heart on the night of power Laylatul Qadr so it's a blessed blessed night and of course it's you know full of angels angels are descending uh, you know, lines after lines of angels descending and on that blessed night as he must have been worshiping uh, he thinks of this but as we probably mentioned earlier ustad no doesn't say this is what i thought and people sometimes misunderstand this Ustaz Nursi says, this is what was sent to my heart. This is what came to my heart. And that is the reality of it. If one were to say, this is what I thought, that would be appropriating the thought. That would be ascribing agency to ourselves. Uh, whereas thoughts usually usually uh, come to us, our, that inner self of us, our hearts, um, if they are good thoughts from the angels, it may be inspired directly by God. It may be inspired by His angels, and sometimes there are bad thoughts that come to the heart too. Uh, they come either from Satan. The heart as a special instrument uh, that's that's open to the, to Satan, and the Satan communicates uh, through that with the heart. Throws, casts. it's it's whisperings right or the nafs the lower soul so the agency belongs somewhere else and Ustad Nosy is simply acknowledging that that um, reality but sometimes people say like so what do you mean something is inspired to you like are you special no it is inspired to all of us some of us acknowledge that it is inspired it comes from elsewhere some of us don't an acknowledgement is a better position because it corresponds to reality and it does not uh, make us thieves of thoughts right we acknowledge that when there's a good thought that comes to us it comes from uh, god or angels so bismihi subhanahu In min shay'in illa yusebbihu bihamdihi as-salamu aleykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuhu, abden daiman. In his name, glory be to him. And there is nothing that does not glorify him with praise. Peace and God's mercy and blessings be upon you continually to eternity. Evvelen, Leyle-i Kadir'de kalbe gelen pek uzun ve geniş bir hakikate pek kısaca işaret edeceğiz. Şöyle ki, First, we will very briefly point to a quite long and broad reality that was inspired to the heart on the night of power so now it is a very broad long reality and Ustad Nursi really really uh, summarizes it gives us an abstract form and therefore it is very dense and actually difficult to read and uh, it was i had quite a bit of difficulty translating this text because it is a few very long sentences uh, that are lists of several realities so we will try to do our best in order to understand this i would really advise that you uh, follow it from the text that is uh, provided on the website again www.reflections-rn Dot org. You can go to uh, their podcasts, then words, then the 13th word and scroll down to the relevant section, Inshallah, I would really advise that you follow this uh, with the text The sentences are long, I'm going to read it at once because it will probably make it very distracting, the, distractive to go back and forth uh, so bear with me as I read the Turkish and then we will move on to the English. Nev'i beşerin bu son harbi umumi de eşeddü zulmü ve istibdadı ve merhametsiz tahribatı ile ve bir düşmanın yüzünden yüzer masumu perişan etmesi ile ve mağlupların dehşetli meyusiyetleri ile ve galiplerin dehşetli telaşları ile ve hakimiyetlerini muhafaza etmekten ve büyük tahribatlarını tamir edememelerinden gelen dehşetli vicdan azaplarıyla hem dünya hayatının bütün bütün fani ve muvakkat olması ve medeniyet fanteziyelerinin aldatıcı ve uyutucu olması umuma görünmesiyle ve fıtrat-ı beşeriyedeki yüksek istidadatın ve mahiyet insaniyenin umumi bir surette dehşetli yaralanmasıyla ve perest hissiyat-ı bakiye ve fıtri aşk-ı insaniyenin heyecan içinde uyanmasıyla ve gaflet ve dalaletin ve en sert, sağır olan tabiatın Kur'an'ın elmas kılıncı altında parçalanmasıyla ve gaflet ve dalaletin en boğucu ve aldatıcı, en geniş perdesi olan siyasetin ruizeminde izeminde pek çirkin ve pek gaddarane hakiki sureti görünmesiyle elbette ve elbette hiç şüphe yok ki Şimal'de ve Garb'da ve Amerika'da emareleri göründüğüne binaen nev-i beşer, asuku mecazisi olan hayat dünyeviyeyi böyle çirkin ve geçici olduğunu görmesiyle fıtraten beşerin hakiki sevdiği ve aradığı hayat-ı bakiyeyi bütün kuvvetiyle arayacaktır. So this was one sentence. Um, we will read the sentence from beginning to end in English too and then try to reflect upon it, try to think uh, how we can understand it better. As the humankind recognizes, as a result of its most severe oppressions and despotism, merciless destruction and the bringing of hundreds of innocent ones to ruin because of an enemy in this last general war, which is World War II, of the dreadful despair of the defeated and the dreadful panicky rush of the victors, of of referring to as a result of, Of the dreadful compunction arising from maintaining their rule yet not being able to repair their great destructions. Of it becoming apparent to most that the life of this world is temporal and temporary and the fantasies of civilization are deceptive and sedative. Of the high aptitude in the innate human nature and the quiddity of human becoming and the quiddity of humanity becoming largely wounded in a dreadful way of the emotions pertaining to everlastingness, which worship eternity, and the natural love of humanity becoming awakened in excitement, of heedlessness, misguidance, and the most rigid and deaf nature shattering under the diamond sword of the Qur'an, of the very ugly and brutal true face of politics, which is the most drowning, most Deceptive and the widest veil over heedlessness and misguidance on the face of the earth. That. So, as a result of all of these, as the humankind recognizes that world life, which is the humankind's metaphorical beloved, is so ugly and transient, certainly, certainly, and as its signs are becoming apparent in the north, in the west, In America there is no doubt that the humankind will seek with its entire strength the everlasting life that humans truly love out of innate nature so something happened as a result of that humanity saw that worldly life which is the humankind's metaphorical beloved is so ugly and transient people so recognized that worldly life is transient, temporal and therefore because of that ugly but they were in love with it they are in love with it they recognize that this beloved of theirs is not worth the love that they give to it and therefore Ustad Norsi calls this metaphorical love and therefore upon this uh, uh, following upon this recognition they start to search this big crisis in life that made them recognize the reality of life led them leads them to search for the remedy to their problem their problem is that they love this world but they see that it is temporary and transient now they are looking for eternal life there's no doubt that the humankind will seek with its entire strength the everlasting life that humans truly love out of innate nature they are they are created to love life that lasts they are created that is hardwired into their existence that they love everlasting life however because they do not see it immediately they turn that faculty that is created in them to what they see, which is the temporal and transient life. And therefore, that love that they have to the temporal and transient life of the world is not real. It is metaphorical. It is misplaced. If it is understood as metaphorical, that means that it is pointing to something else, then it can be useful from the metaphor you can reach, move to reality. But if you do not recognize that and think that this is be all and all, this is all of it, then it is dangerous. Now, what is it that made them recognize this situation? The ugliness of worldly life and the reality of worldly life and that led led them to search for real, uh, the, the real object of that faculty of love that is hardwired hardwired into their existence, it is. Well, it is World War II. Usant Nursi refers to it as this last general uh, global war. As a result of its most severe oppressions and despotism, what is, what is it referring to? The, the humankind's humankind when left alone when left without the guidance of revelation without the guidance of the one who knows their nature their quiddity what makes them work well and what makes them not work well right without guidance from the maker and owner of this product if you will right they are led to oppressions and despotism they are led to merciless destruction it is in there it is in the human nature and thank god that he sent us revelation and inspiration and he sends us these angelic thoughts he inspires us himself and he keeps us away from the destruction oppression and despotism of our Uh, compulsive lower lower souls and the societal ramifications of those compulsions right but from time to time we are overcome and it it shows itself as individuals and as societies and war is one of those situations in which the destructive despotic oppressive nature of humankind comes to fore and it becomes visible recognizable as a result of its most severe oppressions and despotism merciless destruction and the bringing of hundreds of innocent ones to ruin because of an enemy in this last general war and there is an enmity going on and 200 years after when we talk about wars that happened let's say in the 19th century or 18th century what do they mean to us? Not much. Not much. In some cases, it means nothing. Just stories. But for the people they that were fighting at the time, it meant, you know, life and death matters. Matters of life and death. Why? That was deceptive. Because they, are, they became enemies to one another. They were filled with this satanic, uh, satanic emotion of vengeance. Because of an enemy, they destroyed... Bring brought to ruins hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of innocent ones to ruin. Right? The ugliness of the destruction and oppression that results from the shortcomings of the compulsive soul become most visible in war. In war. Humanity shows its merciless face. Now, is this relevant to uh, people who lived in mid-20th century only? I mean, if you, If the answer is yes, I would advise that you think again and look around and try to figure out what's going on around the world. Around the world and especially among Muslims. What's going on in Yemen? Hundreds of thousands of children. Innocent children starving. What has been going on in Syria for years now? Millions and millions of innocent children, elder people, women, displaced, bombarded, killed, mutilated, tortured, starved, it's happening now. It may not be happening here, if we understand here as, you know, our house, our neighborhood, uh, the the space between our workplace and our house, perhaps even our country. Yes, it may not be happening here in that sense. But it's happening here, if you think of the world as as our abode. It is happening here and now. So this is this is addressing us too as the humankind recognizes as a result of its most severe oppressions and despotism merciless destruction and the bringing of hundreds of innocent ones to ruin because of an enemy in this last general war or as a result of the dreadful despair of the defeated so this is after the war dreadful despair of the defeated and the dreadful panicky rush of the victors a little bit of history here of course uh, World War two uh, fought between the Allies which was uh, America England partly France since it was invaded and as, most importantly the Soviet Union on one side and on the other side you had Germany Italy and Japan these were the big players of the game and uh, in the end it was the soviet union england or britain and the u.s uh, that defeated germany and italy and later on the u.s defeated uh, japan uh, and what happened after after this uh, victory is that the soviets and or soviets on one hand on one side and uh, britain america and you know some french forces on the other side were fighting together against the uh, italians and especially germans but but once war was over what happened they they the americans british french from the west and the soviets from the east rushed to to germany and that they, they, they met in berlin and they divided berlin up into into two parts because they represented two Uh, you know one being capitalist other being socialist to worldly philosophies worldly worldviews worldly ways to look understand and process uh, the world and they recognize that they were not seeing eye to eye any longer and now they are rushing to get whatever they could out of the ruins of what they what they defeated which was you know Germany and Italy but especially uh, Germany right the the defeated are in despair and they're dreadful they're fearful they they don't know what is to happen Uh, although you know in 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 the case of Germany uh, especially and Italy and also Japan uh, the recovery was quite successful but at that time they did not know and the victors are rushing in this panicky state to get out whatever they can Um, and you know they're not thinking about what is best for these people they are thinking about what is the what is best for my interests after I I have fought for so many years and made so many sacrifices etc etc over 50 million people died in the in World War II Um, close to or perhaps slightly more than half of that were from the Soviet Union and the great majority of the the dead from both sides on both sides were civilians children women elderly um, civilian men right so this is becoming visible now what did we do what what was it for that we killed so many people right of of the dreadful compunction arising from maintaining their rule the victors right they maintain their rule but there is enormous destruction yet not being able to repair their great destructions again the the uh, recovery was actually quite successful in germany to some extent italy and japan uh, but not so much in the soviet union uh, and the recovery took a lot of another war uh, a lot of sweat and labor uh, lost hopes uh, sacrifices on all sides right and they it wasn't apparent that it would it would turn out to uh, be a relatively successful recovery in, in places where it was a successful re- recovery so at the time Stout Nursi wrote this right they were they were shocked they had been fighting with adrenaline pumped into their bloods and therefore not recognizing the destruction that they were uh, wreaking but now after the war they look around and start to recognize that yes they preserved uh, they maintained their rule but they are not able to repair their great destructions and even that recovery is in material sense uh, you know how many men and women died, and how many families were ruined. Right, those families the, did not reappear all of a sudden. People started their lives anew. Uh, in the Soviet Union, so many men had died that there was a shortage of men, and many women went uh, without without families, without being able to marry. And then you know they were these pensioners old pensioner ladies without anybody to take care of them when the soviet union collapsed and all social services in the uh, that exist in the soviet union were blown into air a lot of suffering still going on it's not over it is still going on so yes they built highways and railroads and skyscrapers and factories and what not they went to the moon and split Adam and you know etc etc they did all these things they developed technology but a great majority of the people still suffered and same thing in germany in terms of the uh, the number of men killed and the number of women left behind etc the suffering was there even with the recovery suffering did not go away so much destruction cannot can, cannot be done away with without suffering. Of it becoming apparent to most that the life of this world is temporal and temporary, and the fantasies of civilization are deceptive and sedative. Fantasies of civilization. And there are good ones. Um, you know, radio enables us to broadcast if you were reciting Quran on radio, for instance, to broadcast God's word through the atmosphere to all places where the, where you know people can just put a cheap uh, receiver on the other end. Telephone makes us, uh, you know, talk to one another at long distances now of course this is much later but there are fantasies of civilization that we enjoy new ones too right the internet uh, we can communicate at very long distances Uh, the circumstances of this pandemic uh, that led us that uh, that put us all or many of us under lockdown conditions taught us that we can actually use the internet to uh, create new ways of sociability hold conferences and webinars and you know whatnot uh, through the internet teach and learn through the internet etc so there are lots of these fantasies of civilization and at that time uh, you know as it followed the war they were able to split atom uh, actually during the war uh, and and explode a bomb that was able to kill you know 70,000 people at once uh, and they were able to send these uh, spaceships to the space and then to the moon etc so yeah humanity was able to do a lot of amazing stuff but but they were also coming to terms with the realization. They were also realizing, realizing that this world is temporal and temporary. So what happened? You went to the moon. But what what happened? Like, What is the benefit of that? Of course, there are benefits, but what is the long term lasting ultimate benefit of that? Unless it is converted into something that's going to be of benefit forever. What is the benefit of the internet and the internet conversation that you've had with your uh, you know, relatives who are living away? Unless that is done, let's say as an act of slai Rahim, uh, you know preserving the bond of the womb, the, the womb. Uh, as an act of worship, as an act of following the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, and therefore it brings you and your relatives that you have been communicating with together again in, in Jannah, in the paradise forever. It will all disappear, evaporate. What is the good of that which evaporates? What is, what is, what is the good of the inscription that you write on water? What's the good of the inscription that you write on, let's say, not water, but ice that lasts for, let's say, two hours, and then the sun comes and it melts away and disappears. What is it that you have written that stays for the long term? But humanity is understanding now, right, uh, that the life of this world is temporal and temporary. States of crisis, situations of crisis like this, the war, And of course, the the pandemic is a similar situation too, right? Recognizing that the fantasies of civilization are deceptive and sedative. They put us to sleep. They they, uh, numb our senses so that we stop being able to recognize reality as reality is. They deceive us out of reality as reality is. Right, But when a crisis hits, then we recognize that, oh, this was deceptive. It had numbed our senses and we were not able to, uh, to recognize reality. But now, now that we are woken up from our slumber, slumber from the slumber that we were put to, through, by these fantasies, We are now recognizing that this is temporal and temporary. It's not worth the value that we have attributed to it. Or as a result of the high aptitude in the innate human nature and the quiddity of humanity becoming largely wounded in a dreadful way. The high aptitude in the innate human nature and the quiddity of humanity. What is that? What is the high aptitude in innate human nature all people all children are born according to futra right the the innate human nature the futra is Islam the futra is submission the futra is iman. it is faith in the Creator the futra is to fulfill the the duty that we are all sent here for which is which is to connect with our Lord and pass the trial and test of uh, our recognition of our worshipful slavehood before Him, our recognition of His Lordship, so that when we move on to the eternal abode, we have proven that we will be able to partake its blessings. We will be able to appreciate you sense and appreciate its blessings so that we can be put in paradise out of God's mercy but so that we can be put in paradise and be worthy of be worthy of the blessings that he showers on his slaves in in that in that beautiful place that is the innate nature that is the quiddity of humanity that is the aptitude in the innate human nature right but do we all fulfill that aptitude do we all actualize that aptitude no we don't we we lose touch contact with that aptitude and the war shows the crisis the sufferings and the shocking outcome and realization of the end of the war shows how much we are wounded, how much we have fallen away from that innate aptitude and the the actual duty that we are sent to this world with, how much we have wasted our capacities and faculties and capabilities, how much we have wasted our aptitude, how much we have undermined our own interests and and the instruments that we have been, blessed with bestowed with in order to fulfill our duties we come to that realization this is not working this needs to be healed this needs to be healed we, we start to recognize that in state situations of crisis like this and also as a result of the emotions that worship eternity and pertain to everlastingness and the natural love of humanity becoming awakened in excitement. So, humankind have emotions. It is again hardwired. It is built into their innate nature that uh, worship, or perhaps a better translation would be revere. Right? It's it loves eternity. It aspires for, wants, desires eternity so much that. That reaches almost a level of a degree of reveration. Emotions that revere eternity and pertain to everlastingness. Now, those emotions of those um, intense emotions of love and desire, they're meant to belong to everlastingness. They're meant to pertain to everlastingness and the natural love of humanity right what's the natural love of humanity that's the love of the one who is eternal at the end of this 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 letter standard will end it by saying al-baqi and tal-baqi or oh, the eternal one or 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 the uh, oh the everlasting one you are the everlasting one right the love that is given to humanity is to love God the desire right that is for for life is for eternal, everlasting life, and that is Stadnursi is saying becoming awakened in excitement because of all this suffering and understanding the temporariness and and temporality and worthlessness of this temporal world. People losing their loved ones, for instance, in the war, before the war, before the pandemic. People were going about their lives and living happily together for an ordinary, normal, um, you know, let's say family right everybody has some people that they love unless they are uh, mentally problematic right they were going about their lives among people that they loved and felt comfortable with etc but all of a sudden the war came or the pandemic came and it killed some of them and it awakened their eyes to the fact that this world is temporal and temporary and now they desire to be with them again now they desire to Overcome the temporality of this world and be with them again. Last, right, that the, their eyes are open to the reality of death and they start to look forward to, uh, not with, with desire but with dread, they start to look forward to their own deaths and now they want life after death. Before they did not, but now they do want life after death more of it they want everlastingness again that is a desire that is put in us it's normal it's normal and what matters is for us to use it in the right place if we start looking for everlastingness in this world in weird ways you know some people say for instance uh if i leave a beautiful work of art behind it's going to live forever of course that's not forever either maybe it's going to last for you know 300 years but it's going to live long right and people will appreciate it and it is this appreciation that i get from people that is meaningful for me in life and therefore well you will not know it if it is not uh, a work of art that you you uh, produced as a manifestation of your love of your lord and in a way that serves a real good purpose and therefore you continue to receive benefits spiritual rewards uh, from it maybe it will last maybe it will last for thousands of years and people will continue to appreciate it for thousands of years but it will not be of benefit to you you will not know about that you will be dealing with your own real problems in that intermediate realm and then in the hereafter right so what that desire is for real everlastingness for real existence in the long uh, long term or in, into eternity Right? So of the emotions that worship eternity or revere eternity and pertain to everlastingness and the natural love of humanity becoming awakened in excitement. Next, of oh, heedlessness as a result of right, in humanity recognizing uh, the ugliness of worldly life as a result of another uh, another. Uh, motivation for this as a result of heedlessness misguidance and the most rigid and deaf nature shattering under the diamond sword of the quran what's that heedlessness misguidance and the most rigid and deaf nature shattering under the diamond sword of the quran what's nature nature is well it's a construct it's not something the way we uh, we are taught to think of it oftentimes in public schools all over the world right is something that does not exist but we are taught to think of it as something that exists and that has agency mother nature did, did this mother nature is getting back to us because of our uh, because of our um, um, actions that led to its destruction that led to the climate crisis or whatever right this kind of talk as if this nature is something that exists and does things misguides misguides us into heedlessness to the reality of things as they are the reality of things is that yes there are patterns and regularities in the creation Things happen with apparent causal uh, relations. Within apparent causal relations, causes and effects are created together in a regular, ordin- in a regular way in the ordinary life that we witness around us. But the reality of that is that this regularity does not owe to anything like nature or any. Uh, inherent power in matter but rather to God's command and therefore God is the only agent in and everything but when we put that behind us when we close our eyes to it when we become heedless to it as a result of the misguidance of this concept of nature which is promoted or was promoted by this concept or notion of science and the deceptive power that came with it in the 18th 19th centuries industrial revolution and uh, the uh, the economic booms of the late 19th century and so on and so forth right that humanity became pumped up in the pride of what they thought they had created although it was god who bestowed it uh, to 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 them right So North. this is something that it's not Nursi had to grapple with really seriously uh, because it was so powerful at the turn of the 20th century and especially among the uh, Muslim intellectuals, secular Muslim intellectuals who were taking power over in everywhere in the or most places in the Muslim world. So he's saying one, So you wanted technology, you wanted industry, you wanted science that led to discoveries. Look what those discoveries brought upon you. Look at the destruction that those discoveries brought upon you. They are being shattered. They are shattering under the diamond sword of the Quran because, well, it is the the guidance of the Quran, right? That's prevailing in the end. The Qur'an told you that you, the, uh, the foundation of uh, life experience is not struggle, but cooperation and mutual assistance. But you thought that it was struggle. And you created a world, you produced a world in which struggle became the core and cause of your existence. And see what it led to. It led to negative nationalism, which led to the World War, which killed fifty million people and put billions in uh, in in ruins, which hurt everybody and, and everybody is suffering now. See, you are now seeing the reality of it. And another another way to look at this is uh, Ustad Norsi, wrote several treatises uh, with inspiration from the Quran that shatters uh, this notion of nature and materialism and provides really really strong, really powerful uh, logical argumentation which then can also have a transformative effect on the human psyche and that is given to humanity at this time right? at this time when When the human almost worship of this non existent concept of nature, right, which is very similar to the human worship of idols, for instance, idols do not exist either, right? So the human worship of this concept of nature and science and power that comes, supposedly comes with it, is is shattering at an intellectual level humanity is being provided with the arguments against it and uh, perhaps it was not only Ustad Nursi that was provided uh, who was provided with these arguments it was an inspiration that was given to humanity uh all to, to all together at this time and Ustad Nursi uh, represents the i believe the the apogee the the pinnacle of of this uh, message that the Qur'an of Qur'an offers to us at this time, right? So that that uh, philosophical um, misguidance, right? That that philosophical uh, stimulation that led humans astray, now being is being now is now being shattered. Uh, through the use of the intellect. And another uh, stimulus for recognizing the ugly face of the world. As a result of the very ugly and brutal true face of politics, which is the most drowning, most deceptive and the widest veil, causing heedlessness and misguidance on the face of the earth, Becoming visible that. Now, this is the last one uh, among these, these causes of recognizing the ugly face of the, the world that Staten Nursi mentions in this sentence. This is the last one. It's about politics. And he says, he puts the the largest, the biggest blame on politics and says... It is politics that is drowning us, that's deceiving us, and that's preventing us from seeing reality as reality is, that is pulling a veil before our eyes and putting us into heedlessness and misguidance. How? Again, think of that time, like on on one side you have Nazi Germany, National Socialism, the state becomes the the deity in people's lives. Uh, You have... Italy fascism the state again the becomes the most powerful thing in people's lives and everybody is expected to sacrifice their lives not only their lives but also their values everything that they have for the state all for the state and what is the state for politics right Uh, it's in in the case of the soviet union perhaps it's going to suggest some ideas some uh it will make some promises for a better future etc etc but at the end of the day in practice it becomes an end in itself and starts to serve itself It's itself the state as this conglomerate of institutions of institute and individuals becomes a self-serving entity and politics is the way of Maintaining that as that entity in people's lives Convincing people that the sacrifices that they are making are worth making Although at the end of the day, what is it? What is it? What is What are you making the sacrifice for? Something that you call the state But the state, if you dig it up well enough is again a a conglomerate of institutions and individuals who are fighting with each other in order to control the mechanisms of that entity and for that purpose they are willing to eschew all morality, eschew all uh, friendships, indebtedness, eschew all sentiments and values, eschew The rights of perhaps thousands and thousands of people for some future promised uh, promised for some promise in the future, which may come or may not come. Politics is, in a sense, the art of convincing people that ends justify the means. Politics is the art of putting before people an end that may or may not come, promising something and telling them to do things that they they would otherwise not do in order to work toward that end. And in the process, the whole process gains a life of its own and some individuals start to benefit from it. Now, of course, this is not all politics, but this is politics when politics is conducted in a worldly sense in a sense uh in the sense that people who engage in it think of themselves as these rational animals rational humans of economic economy and or the the economics the science of economy Uh, they think that what matters is the maximization of interest They pursue what came to be known as a social Darwinist uh, idea or ideology. And sometimes perhaps they do not do this at the individual level, but they do it at the state level. So it is a problem when morality is lifted from among people as they're interacting as individuals but in the same vein it is a problem when morality is lifted from societies as societies are interacting with each other as societies right these are all problems that politics has caused and it was most visible at during world war ii as millions millions and millions of people were fighting with each each other in the name of these abstract constructs that At the end of the day served small minorities in each of those states and we should not think that we are absolved uh, from this if we live in uh, what used to be known as like first world countries uh, liberal democratic capitalist whatever uh, places the main philosophy that defines this may still be there right as long as we think that ends justify the means we are in the traps of bad politics we need to be able to uh, institute morality values mercy compassion and so on and so forth as we conduct policy policy and politics are different here Stadnosi is talking about politics right so as a result of all of these Right. as a result of all of these, as humanity recognizes that worldly life, which is the humankind's metaphorical beloved, is so ugly and transient. Certainly, certainly, and as its signs are becoming apparent in the North, in the West, and in America, there's no doubt, that the humankind will seek with its entire strength the everlasting life that humans truly love out of innate nature. So Stadnursi says this right after World War II: the circumstances are ripe and people will be seeking, seeking value. And he says that if we get to the core of this and understand human nature, we can see that people will be seeking everlastingness that is going to be the number one thing that they will be seeking and and that that everlastingness will take them to the creator and the most truthful uh representation most truthful account of the creator most truthful teaching about the creator is the quran it will take them to the quran and he's saying we see people seeking and when he says in the north, in the west, he is referring to particular um, events, particular uh, incidents that happened at the time, uh, and and he was excited. You know, a a society in America uh, says, you know, we are going to look for truth, and you know, when people are looking for truth, you start he has no uh, no fears about them. Uh, 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 no fears about engaging them because he knows that he is representing he he has truth in his hands he knows that right? Uh, so he's not happy that so much suffering has taken place so much destruction has taken place so much oppression has taken place but he's a believer he puts his trust in God and one who puts his trust in God can always find hope. And he is finding a big hope in all of that that's happening or that has happened and that has left behind a ruin uh, during World War II. And the hope is that now that people are looking for truth, that's good. Because that is what they are here for. People are awakened from their heedlessness from their slumber and sedation and numbness, they are looking for truth. People are looking for truth now too. We have been going through some excruciating, unprecedented, shocking, surprising, um, puzzling, disorienting experiences. This will inevitably lead people to seek meaning. Seek meaning in life. Now, that is a global occurrence at the level of humankind, humanity. In individuals' lives, this is happening all the time. Everybody, every human being goes through experiences like these because, because God, out of his mercy, gives us opportunities to re- recognize reality as reality is. So even if it were not something happening at a global scale for the entire humanity, we are surrounded with people who are seeking truth a beautiful uh, representation of this was at some point i had i had uh, received this message from a uh, sheikh in in america who lives in america who was a convert to islam and it was a picture of a concert probably a metal or like heavy rock uh, concert where people are dressed up in really weird ways and contorting their bodies in the in the uh, you know in the in the moment of the melody the the music and the noise and dressed up in these uh, bizarre ways and made their hair in these bizarre ways etc so this dark uh, contorted and bizarre, image of a few individuals on the stage at a heavy rock uh, concert and under it it said uh, mentioning his own name before his conversion so-and-so is looking for god so we need we need not be deceived by appearances Uh, we need not be deceived by the fantasies of civilization or the uh, appearances of artificial happiness um, and, and 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 enthusiasm and so on and so forth in people's lives we need to recognize that ultimately everybody is looking for looking for eternity looking for connection with the Creator and finding eternal felicity through that connection and Alhamdulillah, praise and gratitude be to our Lord. We have found it. We have found it in the most truthful, in the most accurate, most truthful, uh, most beautiful place that it can be, which is the Prophet Muhammad wasallam and the message that God sent to us through him, the Qur'an. We found it here. Now, do we have a responsibility that arises from this? That's going to be the next section or sentence of uh, this this part of the 13th word. But it's a long sentence again. And I don't think that um, we'll do justice to it if we try to rush through it. Inshallah, what I will do now is... I will just read uh, the, the English ch- uh, translation of the coming sections of this, this part and leave the reading of the Turkish and reflection to the next episode, inshallah. So, and since the Quran of Miraculous Exposition, which has had 350 million disciples over 1,360 years in every century, the rulings and the cause of which millions of people of truth have affirmed and endorsed with their signatures, which exists in the hearts of millions of memorizers with sanctity and gives lessons to humans through the tongues of those memorizers at every minute, which, again, the Quran, right, which gives the glad tidings of everlasting life and eternal felicity to humans in a way the similitude of which does not exist in any book, and thus heals the wounds of human beings. Since this Quran of miraculous exposition gives the glad tidings of everlasting life and teaches about eternal felicity, which it claims explicitly and by implication perhaps tens or thousands of times, with its forceful, powerful and oft repeated verses, and unshakable definitive proofs, of course, and there is no doubt, that unless the humankind totally loses its mind and a material and metaphysical doomsday erupts over its head the broad masses and governments of the face of the earth will search for the quran of miraculous exposition similar to the famous literati of sweden norway finland and england again these refer to incidences of At that time who are working for the acceptance of the Quran and the very important society and the very important society in America that is searching for true religion and once they understand it's the Quran's truths they will embrace it with spirit and soul because there is nothing like the Quran from the point of view of this reality nor can there be and nothing can replace this greatest miracle whenever there were crises in the world um, the rate of conversion to Islam has increased whenever people were driven to seek truth the numbers of com- conversion to Islam increase second since the recite a nur has served like a diamond sword in the hands of that great miracle has shown Quran's miraculousness and has compelled even the most obstinate enemies to admitting so. Since the risale which is a metaphysical miracle of the Quran, which announces the Quranic treasure in a way that illuminates the heart, the spirit, the emotions, and that offers the Quran's remedies, and which knows no other reference or recourse other than the Quran is fulfilling that duty, And since it, that is the Nur, has emerged completely victorious over utmost obstinate deniers of religion and over the dreadful bouts of propaganda against it, this is in Turkey at the time, since it has smashed nature with a capital N. The firmest and strongest fortress of misguidance into pieces with the treatise on nature. This is a book that Stad Nursi wrote. And since it has dispelled heedlessness and shown the light of monotheism in the thickest, most drowning and broadest horizons of heedlessness and the widest veils of science with the sixth matter and the first, second, third and eighth dem- uh, eight, uh, demonstrations of the fruit in the staff of Moses, And these are other treatises that Ustad Nursi had written. Of course, as it is now officially permitted to open private study centres for religious instruction, this refers to uh, a, a new development in Turkey after 1948, but especially in the early 1950s, which are necessary for us and essential for the nation, the disciples of the light that is, the readers of the risale Inur should each open a tiny study center of light everywhere as much as possible. It is true that everybody benefits to some extent on their own by individually reading, but not everybody can understand every. Not everybody can understand every matter that is in it completely. Furthermore, since these are explanations of matters of faith, they are knowledge, gnosis. And worship at the same time there's a side note here we will come to God willing corresponding to the five to ten years spent in the old madrasas the madrasa of light so that's the madrasas of the risale Inur, nur will secure the same results in five to ten weeks and they have been so doing for 20 years moreover for the sake of their worldly and political lives as well as their hereafter, it is essential for them not to interfere, for the government, the people, etc., for them not to interfere with, after all, but to work for the promotion and publication of these flashes of the Quran, which have many benefits for this government, this nation, and this country, and of the Risale Nur, as they are those flashes announcer, so that this can be an atonement for the dreadful sins of the past. And here think about Turkey between 1924 uh, through 1950s uh, where madrasas were closed tariqas were banned the Arabic language the Arabic alphabet was banned and Quran was forbidden to be recited etc etc dreadful sins of the past and a wall before dreadful calamities to come and before anarchy a wall before calamities and anarchy Third. I was much in need of reading the Quran with delight and enthusiasm in this honorable Ramadan remember the he said this was inspired to his heart on day of um, on the on the night of power yet I panicked under the influence of a painful sickness panic that he won't be able to read the Quran enough material and metaphysical troubles fatigue and many chores then all at once I started to read the miraculous parts of the Quran written miraculously in Hussrefs, Hussrefs is one of Stadner's uh, students who had very good writing and he would uh, scribe many of the Risales before it started to be printed w- written miraculously in Hussrefs agreeable pen and the bright Hizbul beri Qurani that is full of divine favors this is a um, book of selections from the quran prepared that Ustad Nursi prepared that is full of divine favors and that earned much spiritual spiritual rewards for Ali and Tahiri one after the other this gave me such a delight and enthusiasm so he start, starts to read these two things this gave me such a delight and enthusiasm that all my tiredness disappeared as i was listening to the quran's lesson from them in a most bright way without interference of any obsessive thoughts i desired with my entire spirit this happening on the night of power intended and made a determination to have our miraculous quran printed in the same way that we have had the hizbul akbar qurani printed and we will do so god willing miraculous quran miraculous quran refers to a a Quran that uh, Ustad Nursi marks the the various uh, congruences in the text. For instance, on the same page, you have the the jalal, the word Allah, uh, occurring ten I made up this number seven times, and they all line up. Things like this, uh, he had marked this on his uh, Quran, uh, which is which was the Quran of Hafiz Uthman. It was the the scribe was Hafiz Uthman which is one of the most common uh, scripts that is still used in uh, turkey and much many parts of asia east asia etc um so it is it was the one of the most standard prints and he takes it and he starts to read it and as he's reading he starts to recognize that all these alignments and congruences and he marks them and then he gives them to uh husref Tumbashak, his student who had really good writing and Hussreba Bashaq starts to uh, write it and uh, color coding it where the, the places that Nursi has marked are coded, uh, coded in color so it's a beautiful uh, print of the Quran that shows the, the miraculousness of the Quran even to children who don't know how to read because even if you don't know how to read you can see that these things are lining up etc so anyway inshallah this last section that we Uh, sped through in English translation only we will work on that we will reflect upon it in the next episode uh, inshallah but but uh, everybody can start thinking about it already al-baqi well baqi the everlasting one he God is the everlasting one your brother Said Nursi and here your brother Mustafa Tuna is Reading this and trying to convey it, may God forgive His shortcomings, and may God put the meanings that Ustad Nursi had meant in your hearts, despite my shortcomings. Subhanaka la ilaha illa ma'alimtana, innaka anta alimul hakim wa a'khir da'wahu man al alamin al-Fatiha.